on this week's episode of A Slice of Golf. Chris and I have a roller coaster of a week after some lessons. We talk about how Brooks v. Bryson has finally run its course, plus we take Ben to therapy over some on-course antics he's witnessed. This is A Slice of Golf, brought to you by myself, Tim Williams. Myself, Chris Wright. And me, Ben Fowlis. All right, welcome back. It's another week. And we're all back. I'm going to level with you. This podcast nearly didn't happen this week. We came close to it not happening, but I'm very, very happy to say we've we've pulled together. We've all brought it back. We're all here. You'll notice we're probably re- we're releasing this a day later than we would normally, but it's fine. We're all here. We're all healthy-ish. Um, so let's get straight into it. Um, I would say there's probably going to be some middling amounts of golf that have been played over the weekend between the three of us. Um, Chris, I'm going to come to you first, buddy. Anything been going on? Something been going on? Yeah, for sure. So last week, wait, who was away last week? I forget. Ben. Ben was away last week. So last week, Tim and I spoke about, um, how I'd had my lesson and then went to, with no practice in between, went to Burr Hill and got absolutely just, just, it was brutal. It was, it was a brutal day of the course (laughs) for me. Uh, hit I think it was 102 or something like that as I went around and I was just like okay so going straight on the course after a lesson not the smart thing to do uh and on that was on the Tuesday and then on Thursday I headed to the range and for anyone listening you know when you have that moment where like the last this year has been a bit of a frustrating year for my golf it's just been like oh why am I getting, I'm actually getting worse. Like I'm actually getting worse and this is annoying me. And it's not that I haven't loved the game, but I've definitely not been like absolutely buzzing with the state of my game. Thursday, go to the range, start putting in the drills. Three things that I'm working on, uh, grip, pivot, pivot, and length of (laughs) backswing, i.e. shortening the backswing. So I'm doing the drills, I'm working on it and I get, I got a hundred balls and I get probably 30 balls in and I hit a shot and I go, oh, okay, that felt good. And you know, you're like, oh, that felt really nice. And so what I then started doing, I started then putting a bit of pressure on myself. So I reckon I filmed 50 shots. I just had the my phone out, like down the line view, filming the whole time. And for people who are in the Sunday Red Group or follow me on Instagram, you'll have seen I put an example of this. But after I did, I was going through like um, wedges, seven iron, five iron, or four iron, driver, just going through the bag, trying different lengths and just really focusing on shorten the swing. And I think the biggest, I mean, it sounds silly. There's no doubt about it. The biggest difference is with the driver, like in terms of end result, driver, for me has been massive hooks all year out of just not in play off the planet is basically the way that you describe it. <laughs> and I started hitting some really nice drive, like some really nice drives bang on line where I'm aiming really well struck. And I then go, okay, let me go back through. And I probably spent a few minutes just going back through the videos and just going, okay, what's the difference? And I just, it couldn't have been clearer that, Every time I'd do a shorter backswing, the shot was going well. And every time I overswung and got, went back to the old swing, it was a, a shit result. 
And I was just, you know, when you're just like light bulb, mind blown. I was like, I, I didn't realize it would be that visible. Obviously with a driver, super visible because the end result is really different. But it sounds really silly. Like even my wedges, like my wedges, all this last year and a half, I've been hitting wedges just left of where I'm aiming. And not even like a couple of yards left. A hundred yards, a hundred yard wedge in and I'm probably 20, 30 yards left. I'm like, how, how is this even happening? What, like, what's going on? And, and I, I did the classic. I was feeling really good about my range session. So the last probably 15 balls were just wedges into a net and 90 yards away. And all of them were just bang on line. And I was just like, this just feels wonderful. I, I literally walked off with the biggest grin on my face saying just, I fucking love golf again. I'm back. <laughs> this, is, this is it. Now, let me caveat this. It was a mixed range session. It's just there was a lot more positive shots than there were negative shots. I don't want anyone thinking that I just walked on and just had a hundred well-struck, wonderful golf shots. There was definitely a real mixed bag. It's just the good shots. I was like, I know why I'm doing it. I feel it and I can see the progress. And immediately I was like, I'm up. I'm, I'm ready to go. And then just as I was finishing, uh, a mate of ours walks into the range who lives nowhere near there. And he was like, Chris, I was like, you know, you're like, you're, I was in my own world anyway. And he said, Chris, and I looked up and I was, and then looked away. I thought he can't be talking to me. And I was like, oh, Joe, Tamshik, how are you doing? <laughs> I was like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, literally haven't seen you for ages. You're, you knew, I just wasn't in my, you know, you just don't expect to see someone somewhere. And yeah, so that was great. I had a good catch up with him. He was down the range with his, I think his brother-in-law. And I was like, this is, this is, this is fantastic. So nice. yeah, over, overall, nice. very, very excited. I was supposed to be playing on Sunday. Didn't get the chance to go out on Sunday in the end. Um, but yeah, looking forward, I'll get back to the range on Thursday this week. And I don't think, no, no goal for me the book this weekend either. Well, interesting uh, diagnosis for you because uh, as we talked last week on the pod, we both came off the back of very exciting lessons where we felt we'd really started kind of nailing down kind of where we were going wrong. So I I was very, very excited to head to the range on, I think, maybe Wednesday or Thursday night last week. Um, 100 balls, was working very hard on basically what had been drilled into me before and um, I'm trying to recap it really, really quickly. Essentially, what I'm trying to grind is improving my swing plane um, because I typically come underneath my under the, under the plane in the downswing, which leads to poor connection with me and not compressing the ball well enough. So the fix of that from my coach, trying to keep it simple, was in your downswing, try and visualize your hand, your your wrists getting as far away from your body as possible because that will bring you closer to the swing plane um and you'll connect it better so 100 balls i would say the first half of them completely picked up where i left off from the lesson i was compressing it controlling the shots i was kind of i was applying the same methodology to kind of like the driver to the to chips to wedge shots going really really well and then and then as i was practicing some pitching out of nowhere shank came in Oh, hit, a shank. No. Hit, a, no. hit a huge dirty shank. Oh no! Which was followed by probably another six shanks, and I was like, "Well, this hasn't happened for a long time." Um, and kind of, bat- I would say, battled through the rest of my range session. Um, and I'll level with you. There was a a mild degree of panic going through my head uh, <laughs> as I was kind of going through my last sort of 
three balls uh, in the in the basket. Now, this is why, and I and I, I mentioned this last week. This is why I cannot recommend enough getting a coach that you feel really really comfortable with that knows you really well. Because I'm not going to say this wasn't a cry for help, but I just dropped my coach a message. Just I, I took some videos, same same as Chris said, down the line videos. He said, "Look, mate, very kind of range of two halves." Unfortunately, um, I take some shots when uh, videos of shots early in the session. Took some at the end, and it was as simple as um, when I'm when I'm thinking about kind of getting the wrist as far away from the body in my downswing as possible. By the smallest of margins, that can tip my weight forward mm. and have too much weight going into my toes, and that's what promotes the shank. If you're kind of moving even just the, the tiniest Towards bit of you're shifting your balance forward mm. in the golf swing. That's what's going to promote a shank for me anyway. Um, so absolute hero sent me back a two minute video of him having videoed me during our lesson the week prior, basically giving me more feedback, more things to focus on. Um, so I was like, question, okay, that's question. brilliant. That's great. I've got some genuine pointers. Quick, quick. It, was simple, it was a simple balance. You said, I can just tell your balance is off. Probably because you're trying to go at that downswing a bit too much. Love it. Um, so I was like, okay, that's great. Armed with that information. Um, went back to the range uh, Saturday morning. Hitting it really, really nicely. The only problem was, as many people will notice, this weekend, probably one of the windiest and stormiest weekends <laughs> I can remember for a long time. Yeah. So actually, impossible to really... It to really gauge if I was kind of getting all my distances because obviously when you're hitting, hitting it into Storm Arwen, you're you're never going to get your distances that you would normally uh, you normally get. But all the bad the the shanks and the bad shots completely eradicated on Saturday. It's just that because of the the wind and the rain and the poor conditions, not getting the most feedback in terms of pure distances. But sometimes the feel. The feel of it is enough, and that's what I'm working, and that's where I am at the moment. So, um, a bit of a roller coaster of a week for for Timbo, but one I've come out of uh, feeling once again quite positive. Um, and I may, I may be playing this weekend. I'm looking for an early morning round on Sunday, uh, just because I've got to cram so much into my weekend this weekend. But I'm hoping to source an 8 a.m. tea time on Sunday. Are you? Are you basically? They put using this podcast to put the feelers out and be like, if anyone wants to, play. no, no, no. So, <laughs> so I was originally booked in for ten a.m. at Coolston Manor on Sunday, um, Manor. but I need to. I, I just need to bring that tea time forward. There's just there's a shed load of stuff I've got to do in the in the afternoon, which I'm have just we, not. Gonna have get we played Coolston Manor before? I have not. I don't think I have either. Yeah, so it's another, so potentially another new course for me this weekend, which is very exciting. Nice. If it is, it's got a lot to live up to because I'm still on a little bit of a high from my trip to North Downs uh, a couple of weeks ago. Sure. You know, the scoring wasn't great. But um, yeah, if that goes ahead, there will be a, a new course review on next week's pod. I look forward to that. I think going go back to what we were talking about and on regards to your lesson, I think that shows um, how small fine details can mean completely different things for two different yep. golfers because if if you were to start telling me to push my hands further away from my body that's my bad shot anyway as i get too quick my hands start casting and i get way in front and, and end up chopping down on the ball and my thought process is completely the other way uh, of getting my hands inside so i think 
just kind of thinking about that and on video it probably doesn't look a whole lot different between you and I and yet it's going to feel completely foreign yeah. for both of us trying either things um but no, nice I love it how how I think coaches get the uh the mild panic text message on the range or immediately after a range session from from their students and the response is often you know that shit we did in the lesson go back and look at that <laughs> yeah <laughs> doing the same shit again <laughs> right, it's right. Nothing new. now it's still crap go back <laughs> yeah now i'm not going to say it's the reason why we're a day late on this week's podcast but ben was away this weekend uh it's not it's not it's genuinely not it's genuinely not the only reason but ben talk to us yeah so i played saturday sunday and monday this weekend uh i'll come on to saturday in a minute because it was with a different group of friends but um sunday monday me and and all my uni mates get together uh every time thanksgiving time uh, to watch all, all the NFL, big NFL fans. And then we try and squeeze in some golf. So we played Sunday, Monday. And as you can imagine, Sunday night got very hairy. So Monday's round of golf was uh, a real, real struggle. Uh, now, the conditions were all right. They're actually quite nice down there. Sun was out. It was, was just cold. So I started off okay. Uh, made the turn in 40 strokes. For those guys who have been listening for a while, the goal at the moment for me, I don't, I've ignored points. I've given up on points. I'm just trying to break 80 every time. But I made the turn in 40, but couldn't hit the centre of the club face all morning. And kind of, I was I was through nine, like, I'm lucky to get here. And it's only a matter of time before that, <laughs> that luck ran out. And the back nine, it just, again, the theme continued. The ball didn't quite end up in the nicer spots. Um, and evidence of this, I had a look at the stats, the back nine. I hit 14% of fairways. Not great. Zero green and regulations. Strong. Terrible. Literally didn't, didn't hit a green on the back nine. Thankfully, um, wedges all weekend were just really behaving really, really well. So was able to get up and down quite a lot. Um, and when I look back at the scorecard, I didn't hit a green in reg for the final 14 holes, which <laughs> which is quite punchy. You're not going to... Well, I didn't think I'd be able to score that well, but this shows kind of how well the wedges were behaving. I ended up finishing 85 strokes for 33 points, which... Hmm. When we're having a little competition between the boys, midwinter, 33 points, you'll take that after day one. Yeah. Um, now, some of these boys still st- still treat life like they're 21. Um, I I don't. My I mean, tolerance to alcohol. I But my tolerance to alcohol uh, is that of like a, a 40-year-old who hasn't drunk for like six months. <laughs> so <laughs> when we... Actually, it was an early night, really. It was, we got to bed at two, got up at nine. So that's, that's quite respectable. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really, really tough morning. Um, and again, I continued on that theme. It took me until the seventh hole to hit a green. <laughs> so that made it 20 holes in a row without hitting a green in regulation. I don't think wow. in all of my time playing golf that I've ever done that before. Do, do we, can we, this is a, that seems a beautiful moment to remind everybody of the stat of... Um, Last week's winner on the LPGA Tour had hit, what was it, Tim, 55 greens in a row? 55 greens regulation in, regulation in a row. In a row. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was well, well on my way to equaling that, but uh, the other side of not hitting a single green. <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, I, I knew what was going on as I was doing it. I just, just 
what uh, what saved me is the fact that I didn't hit many out of bounds or any for that matter. Um, made criminal error. Golf rule number one: don't leave an eagle putt short. I had a twelve foot eagle putt, left it two inches short. It was dead on line. It was pissed. Uh, but at nine, made the turn in forty strokes. So considering I'd not hit a green in twenty, uh, again hit turn in forty, the same as the day before, felt fine. But then you know what it's like playing on a hangover. There's a, you're on thin ice really, and it's only a matter of time before you have one bad hole, and then you realise that your energy levels have absolutely fallen through the floor. So got through twelve holes, and I. I could have had a nap on the golf course. I was ab- absolutely shattered. Um, finished up 84 strokes for, again, 33 points. So scored okay. Okay. That's not bad. But tees were up and, like, the long rough was, was cut down, I think. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good fun. I think the one thing from, from the Monday, I've got no idea how he did it, but a good friend of ours um, is the best, I think it's the best round of golf that I've ever played with. Um, I mean, he shot one over par. He plays off 10, shot one over par, had a one under back nine. I was, it was just me and him in a two ball. And any time he pulled a club out of his bag going for the green, I was like, well, he, he's going to put it close. Hang um, on, he was 10. Everything. I swear when we first started, when he first came to the group, he was not off 10. No, he wasn't. Has he, he got was worse? Off, way lower than that. Yeah, I think it's, it's working in finance and, and socializing a lot we'll put it that way um i think has <laughs> slightly ruined his golf swing because he's not not been playing a whole lot but um something just clicked the other day apparently severely hung over adults is a pretty pretty bloody good golfer yeah one um, one over one over par is a dream round yeah anytime he put himself in trouble he was just up and down stuck it to like six feet made the putt and you could see like the grin just starting to get wider and wider as we get through like 13, 14. And he knew well and truly where he was at. Uh, and needless to say, he he let me know about it because me and him give each other a hell of a lot of shit. And he was letting me know at every opportunity how I was getting on and how he was getting on, which fair play to him. I would do the same the other way. So did, did he win the weekend then? I assume he's won the weekend with them. Yeah. Uh, oh, he actually didn't win. So he scored 44 points. What? On- on the Monday, and one of the boys scored forty six, I believe. What? So, yeah, there was what is this? there was some si- again. This is where I think, like, I think I came second last. Uh, there were six of us, just six of us playing, to be fair. But I think I came second last um, with sixty six points, um, whereas those you two scored thirty three and thirty three, and you come second to not. How many of you went? Uh, six of us. Oh, six okay. of us played. Yeah, I mean that's that's good score. So it's not like a massive, it? massive thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't. I don't think the course was playing that hard, so it makes my score look a little. Uh, if I was out on my own, I could kind of brag about it and be like, "Yeah, I shot this." But no, <laughs> unfortunately, and where, I you, think have you mentioned the, where was it? Where did you play? Uh, this was uh, the course that I'd spoken about in the summer, where there uh, has a, a theme park that runs alongside it. Oh yeah, uh, Paltons. So Paltons we assumed we assumed because it's like midwinter, freezing bloody cold. The wind was whistling in. Uh, at times we assumed the theme park would be shut so there'd be no noise turns out it wasn't there were still screaming kids on on the rides <laughs> couldn't believe it kids are absolute lunatics really cold wasn't it you don't want to be on a theme oh, park ride when it was freezing cold yeah so sunday sunday was uh one degree felt like minus three with oh. the uh with the wind so that was that was quite punchy to get going because it's a oh. it's like two two hour just over a two hour train ride to get down there half hour drive and then it's like straight onto the course, no warm up, um, 
yeah, great, great prep again. Yeah, back to Spain or Portugal. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, please. Uh, and then going back to Saturday, do we want to jump in with the uh, the beginners chat? Or have you go for it, mate? I, I know, I know you're you're itching to talk about this. So let's <laughs> let's just let's just let's just dive in. Let's go there. Come on. Okay, so this was a separate section that we we want to talk about anyway. Um, now it's come up because I've I've spoken about it on the podcast before. Now I, I've played with these boys a few times before, but Saturday I went to a course that I really really like. I really enjoy for our, our kind of price range. Hadn't been there for close to two years, I think. So I was really pumped to to get back there. Chelsfield, uh, you're Chelsfield, aren't you? No, Birchwood. Bertrand. Oh, Bertrand. Yeah, really nice course. Um, now, I think I've decided, and I think I've come to the conclusion, I can play with newbies, but it has to be one. I can't play with two. It's like having <laughs> two mischievous little shit puppies that just egg each other on. <laughs> We've been so positive about helping new people get into the game on this podcast, so... I want to know what's led you from being this really helpful, nice guy to to oh, to struggling God. with 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 the new people. So when was this? Oh, so this was Saturday. So this was so before yeah, going back. This this was before. So this was no hangover. But we turned up, and this was uh, yeah, this was one degree. Feels like minus four. Twenty-two mile an hour wind. So this is pretty brutal conditions. Um, now. By the, I wrote these notes down. I've got five points. Now, by the end of hole three, so bear in mind, we're like, what, 45 minutes into play in this round. It's fucking freezing. Uh, so by the end of hole three, I called four twice due to them being on the green, lining up putts as I was hitting a wedge into the green. So obviously, you know, you all kind of walk down the fairway. You all hit your shots. You all move on together as a group. You all reach the green at the same time. You've replaced your divots. You mark up your putts. No, so I was waiting for Anna to play. She was like 10, 15 yards back of me. I started kind of going through my pre-shot routine, looked up to see them two on the flipping green. Literally bent over, marking their putts. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. All right, next one. Uh, on first hole, I had to back off of one putt due to them two just chatting. I looked at them and was like, right, I'll let that one go. We're, we're one hole in. Don't do it again. Second Wait, hole, you I stepped onto, them, or you just gave them a, a Ben Fowlis look. No, I gave him a stern look. You gave him the look. glare. Classic. And okay. I was like, "All right, shut up, please." Uh, I stepped onto tee box two, so thirty yards from the green. I had to back off of a driver <laughs> because they was chatting again. I turned around. I was like, "What fucking game are we playing? What are you doing?" And then he very quickly, "Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah." He shut up. <laughs> very, the very next tee, I pulled out driver, was just about to hit, and I see uh, one of the lads come walking straight at me onto the tee box. Kind of, he was stood directly in front of my eye line. And I looked at him, I was like, you can't move there. Like, if you're going to walk, just walk way out and round. Don't walk at me. So I had to back off. With three holes, I had to back off two drivers. Um, on hole three, uh, I had to shout shut up to one of them as Anna was lining up a putt in her backswing. One of the boys had forgotten his wedge on the last hole and he shouted over, Ben, should I go and get it now? As Anna was hitting a putt, I was like, oh my life, shut up. Please shut up. Mm-hmm. And, and then on the three as well, as we were approaching the green, Anna was the centre of the fairway uh, and one of the boys was stood genuinely 30 yards in front of her 
sent her the fairway on his phone. I was like, Darren, you, you've got to get out of the way. Like she, she's, she's about to hit a ball straight at you. Um, so as soon as it started raining on third green, I was like, I've had enough of this. I've honestly had enough of it. I was like, I've come out here to play golf, not nag and whinge and babysit the whole time. I was like, I can't be asked. It feels like minus four. It's 22 mile an hour winds. It's pissing down with rain. So uh, I called it. I was like, "Sorry, boys, you, you, you're, you, you can carry on, but I'm, I'm done." And you so, uh, yeah. Well, I carried on to six, um, and then I was like, "Nah, this, this is it. The rain stopped." I was like, "I can't. I just can't do it anymore." So, yeah, what, what, I played six what holes. Did do? Uh, she came off with me because she was she was very similar because she hadn't met one of the boys, uh, and she was like, "Look, I feel quite awkward, essentially taking over your role of trying to." guide them around the course and the etiquette and the rules of the game and what you do do and what you can't do. Yeah. The thing is they're now like four or five rounds in, right? So yeah. it's not like they are brand, brand new, but they've always just played with either each other or kind of with me. So they've not played with other people on their own for other right. people to kind of drag them back, pull them in, tell them to do this, do that. And I, you know when you you say things to people enough that you're like, I don't want to keep repeating it because I don't want to yeah. seem patronising. I don't want to ruin their day because they're you know they don't realise they're doing it, um, and they're clearly like enjoying themselves because they, they carried on played eighteen and, and both played pretty well by all accounts. But uh, I was just like I paid to go and play. I was like I regret I regretted playing pretty much straight away. And yeah, like I said, from three on, I was like, no, I'm done. I'll get closer to the clubhouse and then I'll I'll, I'll finish up. So, you, so you mentioned they, they so you've mentioned they've played about what four, five, four, five, six times or so. Yeah, um, something like. Is that is that like over like the last few years or is this like they played four or five times like in really recent like months? Yeah, since uh, since June. I think I had a look the other day. We we played right. our first okay. round together in June. Both of them had one of them had just picked up the game. One of them played a lot when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, and it just come back to it after like 10, 12 years, I think it was, of not having played. So he knows how to hit a ball. He knows how to get around a golf course. Yeah. It's just clearly when he played, it was very much a rough and ready golf course and just knock it around with his mates and etiquette wasn't really a thing. Um, so can we, can we try to make this productive a... rather yeah. than it just being a rant? Yeah. Well, maybe the solution is hopefully they listen to this episode of the podcast Um and they'll be like, "Yep, yeah, cool. Never playing with Ben Fowlis ever again." Uh, what? What is? Well, this is this this is, the, this is actually a thing. Kind of, how do we make this hold, productive? Hold, yeah, I was like, "Hold on." The kind of silver lining with it is obviously we all came back to our flat afterwards, and my so I'm playing with my flatmate, and his wife goes, "Oh, I heard you, you, you know, you finished today because like the weather was was shit." I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go with that." Actually, if that's the story, I'm like, "That's fine." I. <laughs> After a few beers, I was like, I do not want to bring it up. <laughs> I'm like, this is not the time or the place. I'm just going to say I had a sulk because of the weather and I was playing shit. That's fine. That's the story. And that is normal. Um, like, that's the foulness of old. That's the foulness that we know. Bad weather, poor round equals yeah. Ben Fowlis walking off before the ninth hole. We yeah. know that. That is the classic yeah. Ben Fowlis. Yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, so my, I think I, I messaged into the group. was like, what on earth do I do? How do mm. I get around this? Because they're, you know, they don't know lots and lots of golfers i'm very fortunate in that any friendship group that i'm part of everyone plays golf so it's just assumed 
whenever we get together, bring the clubs and we'll figure it out from there. Um, whereas these guys, it's it's typically just going to be us out on the course. So I know I'm probably going to end up going and playing with them again at some point. It's just yeah. how the hell do I approach this? Because we're now we're beyond the case of like a first round is done. Like, here's what you need to do before your first ever round. We're kind of beyond that. And how do I not sound patronizing saying it? And how do I not get annoyed at them is the next thing. Okay. For, first question. Have you ever actually had the conversation with them about etiquette or have you just given them stern Ben Fowler's eyes and looks? And then out them on the podcast. It's, I've had conversations with them as it happens because it's always one of those, a lot of these things, you don't really realize it. And I kind of, I think I kind of take it for granted that all of my, anyone that I would ever play with just automatically knows it because we played enough golf, but it's bits that you pick up as you're on the way around. So then it, the only real time to speak about it is once it's happening or happened. Um, and I was definitely a lot more lenient to it and would speak about it in <laughs> nicer terms, early doors. But if they're still doing the same thing after five rounds, like the other day, I would just, I was getting quite pissed off with them. So I'm, cause I'm, um, I'm all for, so I'm not defending defending their actions. I'm all for ready golf. I'm all for like when you say walk up to the first person's ball in the fairway, then walk up. I'm like I'm I'm done with that. That's for me. That's really old school. I'm like go find your ball wherever it is and be ready to play. Like sure you can still if you're I was about to say if you're behind me in the fairway, but that'll never happen. If you're ahead of me in the fairway, Valis, you can go up to your ball. You don't have to wait for me to take like take my shot. You can walk up to your ball. But yeah, I totally get maybe not walking onto the green while I'm about to hit my shot. Sure. Uh, even just, even just from a, 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 a common sense point of view, like I'm not going to walk onto the green if that's where you're aiming just from, a, I don't, I don't want to get hurt. And I know that although your stats would disagree with this, I, 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 <laughs> maybe they thought yeah. that was the safest place to be. Maybe they, they thought yeah. that being on the green was the safe place from, from your shots, but yeah. Okay. So the question is, so the question is, how does, because we're, we're using this as a story, right? We're using this as a story, but this is going to be happening up and down the country. This is going to be happening in in golf courses everywhere. And, and, and honestly, I think from their perspective, beginners getting started in the game is, this is one of their fears, right? I remember when I first started, I was like, what is the etiquette? What is the, what is, should I be able to do? Should I not do? What What is the right thing? And and I've, I've been in a group with a super grumpy old man who who would pull me and the other two up on anything and everything. It, it was in a competition, but it was, it was comical. It was, you know, it, that's how I learned. Don't be in someone's eye line when they're taking a putt. I mean, whatever. Sure. He, this guy's eye line was <laughs> yeah. 360 degrees around his ball for five miles. It didn't matter where you stood. You were getting the angry eyes afterwards. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I, so I know that this is from from the beginner's point of view as well. I know this is a barrier. And I know this is a fear of people getting started. They don't they don't want to do the wrong thing. So the question is, how do we approach it? Is that it, and that's the thing. How how do I approach tin, it with tin, two tin people? Question. So well, not really a question. Point of view because I think there's a lot of things that get grouped under the the term of etiquette, and like there are definitely some things which are a little bit to the beginner a bit left field that fall under etiquette um not left field but things like just pick you know divots and pitch marks 
blah, 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 all those kind of things. And there are certain things which are just bloody common sense. I don't talk in the middle of someone's shot. Don't talk when someone's about to take a shot. Get out of the way when someone is going to take a shot. That's just that's just common sense. So uh, don't, don't it, stand it's, in it's front really... of someone who's about to take a driver. It will hurt. Yeah. Really hurt. And and even the thing about being in someone's eye line when they're about to take a shot, like that's these are things I think should really just be common sense. Like if you're a beginner, I mean, right detour but go back to when i was a beginner i would may i would largely think right i'm gonna do everything i can to look like i belong and not piss people off when i started that was my mindset now i appreciate that's not going to be the mindset everybody has some people are just out there to have an absolute laugh and whatever but i think where i've come down on it is like look if you just want to go out and have a laugh and have fun brilliant do that but don't do that to the detriment of, of other people's game and other people's enjoyment so kind of do that on the group's terms almost um but it sounds but it sounds like they're not doing it on purpose though too. it sounds like it's it, which is a weird one um it, it, and it's, it, it's, it's, and it's yeah. as well because you've got to think about how you would bring it up i would for me personally this is now this is now we kind of like turn this into a bit like a therapy session I thought, like, <laughs> yeah. um if it was me i would my my default mode is to bring it up as a joke at their expense. Mm. What? So like on the course or late, like after a beer? Anytime. 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 So it'd be something like, um, I, I would, what, what would be an example of like, um, I don't know. Like, like Somehow, how someone we take up, if, someone, if someone, if someone brings up a conversation, I don't know about being in church or at a funeral or whatever, I would probably pipe up and say something like, well, these two blokes would probably be talking all the way through it, the way that they play golf. You know, they're weird examples, but it's that kind of way about it. I would kind of do a kind of gentle, humorous, really, slash really public sarc- passive, aggressive sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's my, and that is, and that is my default mode. Because <laughs> that, that's the thing. It's like, like I said, it's, it's not, you know, it's just blissful ignorance. It's just, uh, yeah, just and just not really being aware. And it's this is where I said is it's it wouldn't be the case if I was playing with just one of them. It's because it was two of them, and then they would it would almost egg each other on because they'd see one move and they'd be like, oh yeah, I can I can kind of walk with them up into the middle. Uh, yeah. And the chatting was was generally always them two that were were chatting, just asking like stuff stuff that you would just stuff about the, the game of golf or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just a lack of awareness and that's again turning around to someone guys who are in their 30s and telling them to be aware on a golf course just comes across as really patronizing and but also i'm to do it multiple times by the sounds of it as well yeah 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 it's it's that's oh, it's, it's a challenge and like i said i am going to be playing with these guys again yeah i think i'm going to have to just nip it in the bud before we start and be like look it, I think that was the big one. It's, it's, it's like Chris said, it's all, you know, it's great to get to your ball, hit your shot, fine. But then you're still going to have to wait for me when we get to the green anyway. Kind of hit your yeah. shot and then just wait for us to play instead of putting yourself in danger, me I, potentially hurting you. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I just, if they're, because I think they've, they've probably taken this, the idea of ready golf just way too far. And I think, again, I yeah. know 
lots of beginners are very, very worried about pace of play because that is something that you mm. look on any, I was going to use the word forum. Do forums still exist? Any Facebook group or page or whatever that talk about slow play is always a, a hot topic. Um, well, I, I don't know whether you two have done any searching for this. Is, is there anything online? anywhere well, that speaks about etiquette and, and yeah, yeah, what to is. look for as a newbie golfer yeah there is but it's boring as shit right and they and, and yeah. as soon as you said this i was like right okay I'm, i've immediately started writing it i'm gonna write a, a beginner's guide to you know to golf in terms of etiquette or whatever and hopefully get it across in quite a good way so that everyone can be like hey like when you're first starting golf, just go read this article. <laughs> like, do, do you know what I mean? Go read this. Once you've read this, now we can go out on the golf course. But they stuff like that happens a lot in golf. Like people are always like, "Yeah, you're supposed to know every rule of golf before you go out for your first round." Here, read this book, and they they give you this manual of four bazillion rules that you've supposedly got to learn before you take your foot. No one would ever play the freaking game. Like, have you taken any of the RNA tests for lesson for for the laws of the game? The, the advanced one is basically impossible. Don't care what anyone says. I think I scored about two out of 20 or something on it, on the advanced one. Mainly I, don't I under- reckon you've got too much time on your hands. I, I don't <laughs> understand the language of it most of the time. So I, was, so I think there's, we don't want to get into a situation where it's like, hey, before you play your first round, read these 17 different books. Like it's just, that's just not a thing. But I do think there could be a, a fun, lighthearted, lighthearted, guide or something sure i think they could be and there is stuff out there but it is boring and put in way put written in a way that's like right okay so i just need to be an 80 year old duffo just you know wants yeah. to be boring so i think you know so, i don't think there's a lot out there um so on, on, on that point i will jump in here because quite ironically the timing could not have been more perfect have you reviewed to seen the brand new video on youtube on scratches channel with Eric Anders Lang when he goes to Germany? No. No? No. Okay, so in Germany, they do it massively different to how the rest of the world does. You have to have a license to play, by law, license to play on full golf courses, um, which kind of reading between the lines, I didn't do any reading uh, around it because I watched it probably an hour before we started recording. I was like, this this is timed amazingly. Um, but it starts with etiquette, how to behave on the course. Um, and I like bits of it because mm. it, start, it runs you through that. So all of the stuff that you wouldn't know as a newbie golfer, it goes through that. Then it starts getting a bit hazy for me because it takes you through kind of a skill test. Um, <laughs> I don't mind that either. Yeah, I, to a certain degree. There was just uh, one of the tests. They had to, I'll let you go and watch it. But okay. they had to play a par three and they had to uh, finish the hole in six or less shots. If not, oh. you don't qualify. You don't qualify. I mean, I'm I mean, basically I'm that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, kind of, I, I did look at that and was like, well, that, that sounds pretty brutal. So you put, one out, thought, you put one out of bounds. Okay, great. That You're already three yeah. off the tee. Your third yeah. shot goes greenside bunker. Fourth is left in the bunker. Fifth out. Three putt. You fail. You're out. Yeah. But uh, what kind of the... the, the Two things that I thought of it was one, that side of it. Yeah, that would be quite tough as a newbie golfer. But two, apparently by the sounds of it, it's almost a case of a, almost a rite of passage of like, okay, if they didn't get in, well, that encourages them to go and practice. You can go and practice all you like on the driving range. 
there was, I think they said on, on a short course, they're legally allowed to be on it. They're just not allowed out on the full course. Um, and the idea is that, okay, if you fail, right, have some lessons, bring up your your level and then get you out onto the full course, which I like the concept. Don't really like the overall application because think how much you've improved or how much you improve when you start playing 18 holes. Mm-hmm. I think it it definitely well, needs tweaking. Well, so if every the, course we had had a nine-holer, like nine-hole academy course, sure, I think there's more scope for this, for sure, because you'd be like, okay, yeah, once you can get around the nine-hole academy... Fuck golf can be that is if you tell it like this is like basically you're playing for your tour card right but you're, you're playing for your amateur golf card and i part of me gets quite excited about this idea and then part of me goes that would also just another huge barrier to getting people started in the game yeah and that was i'm going to jump in there, and that was exactly what they were saying the participation rate of golf in germany is like 0.01 percent of the nation yeah um and that's what that's something they they come up with and that's it, it, yeah, it is a big barrier. Like they said, it's it, it's a it's a double edged sword. As it encourages people to want, like naturally, encourages them to improve. Particularly because culturally, it's just kind of the German way. They want to be able to to pass that test and prove that they're 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 worthy and good enough to get on the course. But then at the same time, it does discourage people. So I I can't see it working here. I just don't <laughs> don't feel like it would work culturally here. But it would be interesting if there were in some way a way that you would have to do a session with a coach or with someone at a golf course before you play your first round of golf so that you know the ABCs without pissing people off. Interesting. This is, this is, I didn't, I had, did not know about this um, and I'm glad I didn't look at any notes or anything before basically piss poor preparation for me, but um, <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. This is a really interesting discussion. Do you think it could work? How do no, you? Think no, no, no. You, you've already said you've already said that participation drop rates have plummeted. So that for me is a, a standout no. However, the concept I don't think is totally wrong. I guess this is a bit like you again. You can't even get your full handicap until you, you, you until you've played three rounds. So you, it's no, there's not even point saying you can't get on the course until you've got a handicap because that's a bit like, that's the classic. You can't get this job because you don't have enough experience. How do I get experience? You go get a job, right? It's the classic mm. catch me too. I would, I would do it that kind of setup for membership. Sure. At a golf club, sure, but not just to be able to go and play a golf club because the, as we said, the barrier to entry will be too massive. And especially, I think the issue I have, when you said you have to take a lesson on how to behave on the golf course, that is the fastest way a, to put people yeah, off. hundred percent. You just never golf. do it, would you? You'd be like, I'm no, sorry, it's literally going sorry to- you want me to, it's like, sorry, you want me to come play golf? Let's just say that Ben, you, you, let's say you don't play and you, and I want to, I want to invite you to play on a weekend. And I say, Oh, but by the way, before you do it, you've got to t- take a course to say how you behave. It's like, and no offense to people that work in uh, HR, it's like when you start a new job and you have to like take those courses on like how to sit down on a chair. Yeah. And how to <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of thing. It's like, oh, really? But wait, but like, wait. I, I don't want to have to do that when I start playing golf. But wait, I've definitely I got think... really bad back pain from sitting on a dodgy setup on a chair. So <laughs> I really should have taken that test. Yeah. I think the, I think you kind of, I think the way, I, the way I would rather it was done is 
promoting and fostering like curiosity and openness about the rules or like making people find out almost for themselves a little bit or um yeah to be honest someone like and this is a bit of a random one but someone like manolo is fucking brilliant at this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff because it's like in a really jokey way but he does actually still kind of underscore the topic like he did one about raking the bunkers the other day and he was like i think he called it like make sure you clean out the kit make sure you tidy the the, the pussy litter the pussy litter <laughs> like the kids in the tray or something <laughs> But is that, is that slightly, slightly dis- disappointed you didn't uh, you didn't go with the accent? Yeah, well, the accent. Come on. yeah no, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but it's, it needs to be a bit more. I'm not saying that for everyone because again, if you go back to the seven year old men who I was talking about last week who were starting golf for the first time, they'd probably be well up for that kind of setup. But I think for people that are starting at a younger age, trying to get them to do a like an online course of how to behave on the golf course. Just get rid of that. Yeah, no, I, right I, I, I agree. I, I think we've already got enough barriers to get into this game. Telling me yeah. that I've got mm. to take a test on how to act, I think would be just another. I t- it, it just absolutely blew my mind that by law you had to have a license to go like on a golf course, which I thought was just utterly mental. Mental. Uh, they say Mesa have got a really interesting video as well. Interesting. So, well, def- so wait, that was uh, EAL on scratch golf. Scratch Golf, yeah, the Adventures in Golf series. Um, oh, Eric Anders, really cool. I will, as soon as we finish here, guess what I'll be doing? Yeah. <laughs> YouTube. It's, uh, it's, it's well worth it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I can, we so, haven't answered Ben's question, though. No, I was going to say, we haven't actually got to inclusion on that you one, def- You definitely need to have a conversation and with yeah. them, for sure. You can't just... Uh, people who just let it fester and just give crazy eyes... And then the person's like, right, Ben's clearly mad, but I don't know why he's mad. What am I doing wrong? I think you have to just be honest and just be like, there are a few things that you did last time that really bugged me that would just be like generally not okay in the golf world. I know I'm going to sound like a douche by saying this. I know I'm going to sound condescending or whatever, but these are, I just say that here are the three things and just please, can you just try your best not to do them? I'm sorry for sounding like a douche. Might just just save myself all the hassle and just plug the podcast. Be like, boys, just go and listen to this, and just that's how much. That's such a wussy way out, Fallis. You're just being yeah. a wuss about this. That's just I don't. Know. I know. You just either that, or just go with the the passive aggressive uh, banter, or mm. or I think is the way. To or go. just never play golf with them again. Just maybe end the <laughs> friendship. Maybe like, sorry, guys, I can't be friends with you anymore. That's it. I live with one of them. It's it's easier for me to it's easier for me to just not friend not be friends with you than it is to have a conversation about just be a di- like here's how to act on the golf course. Yeah, it'll be diff- difficult to say sorry, boys. I, I I can't play golf with you. I've got other stuff going on. Only for me to not leave the flat uh, and they walk out of the flat. Oh no, I just I just mean I just mean don't ever speak to them ever. Like just completely block them out. <laughs> Yes, it's easier it's easier to do that than it is clearly to have a conversation with them. Yeah. I mean, look, hopefully they they deep down will probably know the reason why you walked off the golf course. And hopefully that's enough for them to be like, right, maybe maybe I won't do that next time. Uh, so question. Maybe it's a situation that will just take care of itself. Question. Have me and Tim ever done stuff that annoys you on the golf course that you've not told us about? Surely. I'm going to say probably, but uh, nothing that comes to mind at all. Okay. Interesting. 
No. Because you've walked off several times before nine holes. I'm now worried that it wasn't the weather <laughs> or I'm now worried it was something I was doing. No, no, I can safely say for all the listeners out there, I have an embarrassing habit of being a stroppy little git. Um, and uh, that, be, uh, that was, wait, until, until, until this point, it was all strong. In your defense, this is the first time this has happened in, uh, I reckon I, this only happened in your first year of playing golf. I, I haven't seen yeah. this happen for a long time. <laughs> notice that notice the difference in reaction though between me and chris chris hears this story and as a good dude takes on the kind of oh i wonder if i've ever done this and there's me on the other side of the fence like yeah i've never done this <laughs> so chris is obviously a better dude than i am <laughs> yeah but you're, you're also suggesting to go with the passive aggressive sarcasm throughout to to make sure that they're fully aware that they do something absolutely wrong. But that happens. No, I, th- I, I think the thing is, I know how much golf you two have played, and if you did something wrong, I would tell you straight away. Uh, it's just one of those. I just didn't want to sound like a broken record of don't do this, don't do that, and actually try and enjoy a round of golf with my mates and just have normal chat, um, which didn't last too long. Have you tried? Have you tried talking when they're swinging and see what they do? <laughs> that's that's not the way to no. do it Christopher. <laughs> yeah yeah start chucking teas at them and things if anything how, if they're that good if they're that good mates i'd say that is that the ideal way to solve this issue just yeah go go full beans on talking while they're swinging no don't do that i don't think that's the right thing to do now the thing is they they knew it was just like i said it was just blissful ignorance because anytime I'd, i looked they would then kind of know it'd be like ah oh, shit yeah sorry didn't didn't know like didn't mean to couldn't have been any more apologetic so it wasn't like they were doing it in spite just um next time they're on the green and you're about to hit your how is someone that quick how is someone already on the green are you that slow how is someone already on the green before you've taken your shot how's that even physically i was uh, not not just me it was two of us so me and anna was both stood kind of on the fairway um I can't remember what was going on, but Anna was behind me. So was like, right, I'll, Good from them. I'll let her play. Um, yeah. <laughs> God knows, mate. Honestly, it was like, right, let's tee off and then let's just go. See ya. We're not going to have any chat between Rent and T-Box and Green. We're like, right, I'll see you on the next T-Box, boys. I imagine them having the chat before the round being like, right, we've got we've got to impress Ben today. Right, remember last week he told us that we were too slow in between the tee shot getting to the green right so today all we're going to focus on is sprinting as soon as we've hit our shots get to the ball right but i think this is what i said i did say to him the other day it was like you boys have got to speed up your faffing but then slow down your shot making because what they would do is they wouldn't look to see who's trying to play shots around them it would be like right i'm at my ball they would do their like fiddle with the watch they'd adjust that they'd stand there they'll faff around for a little bit more but then they wouldn't take another look around to see if anyone was playing their shot. And then they'd just hit away um, because I think it was on that whole four. I was hitting a putt. And as I was I was, was hitting my putt, uh, another putt came ringing so, in from the side. And I was like, what the, what the wait, fuck wait, wait, is wait. going on here? Wait, 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 wait. So hang on a minute. Do you mean to tell us that you've been on a little bit of a rant? And it has been a rant, but it's been important to talk about as well bit of a chance you've maybe slightly created some of this oh yes it's <laughs> my guess oh there's there's no have yeah, you created a monster there's never been yeah there's never been any like oh god 
I yeah, I would take full full acceptance. There is an element of that. Wow. Wow. Um, this is a therapy yeah. session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we charging for this time, Tim? I think we should charge them. <laughs> I mean, I should be. Yeah, I, I honestly don't really know what to say. There is probably an element of it. Um, but for fuck. Well, let's I hope mean, they get this far in the podcast because if they haven't switched off by now, they're not going to hear the, the what well, was basically an apology from Ben about why their etiquette associate is actually no, his uh, fault. No, 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 that's that's definitely not what I'm saying. <laughs> definitely not what I'm going for. Not apologising. No, 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 thanks. Okay, what's okay? What's the outcome? What are we going to do? Finish off, finish off this section with a. What are we going to do? I, I, I'm just going to have to talk to them. I mean, the next time we play golf, neither of them are available this year. So it's at least in a month's time. So uh, I've got some time to, to structure possibly a, me- a message, a letter of resignation. Sorry, you know, I am releasing you into the wild. You know this how, is it. No more. You know, um, <laughs> so when when you're best man for a wedding or when you're the groom at a wedding or when you're involved in any part of the wedding and you've got a speech to do, no one comes up with a speech themselves. They all go to Google and they go, right, how do I write a best man speech? What should this look like? Maybe we need a website that's like how to have the difficult conversation with beginner golfers on their etiquette so that Ben can formulate. <laughs> and he literally walks into a room with a letter and reads off the letter and says, now, nah. what are their names? No, no, wait, don't, 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 don't call it, don't call it, don't call it, don't call it. Don't call it. Wow. Now, person X, person B, look, this is what you need to do. Give them a script. How do we feel about that? I, I, I genuinely considering writing it down and just being like, <laughs> boys, just just have a very quick read through this. This is what happened last time. This we, is this we, if, if we could if we could if we could just tidy that up, um, that would be that would be really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I think as I said, I I think pre, I probably even on the first hole, just speak through them and be like, look, this is what happened last time. This is fundamentally why I was pissed off. Um, you know exaggerated greatly by the weather conditions there's no denying that uh, if it was a beautiful sunny day i would have just got by as, as i had done so far that the other times i played with them but yeah i think i've just got to talk to them in the uh, on the first hole and just try and let it all out but there's that uh, double-edged sword with that of like uh, i don't want to then force them to go the other way and start slowing down and and being really hesitant over things because ultimately i still want them to have fun as well I can just imagine you doing this like hour long speech before it and then be like, cool, are we all okay? Should we just want to make sure everyone's going to have fun though? And they're like, yeah, see you later, Ben, we're, we're off. God, and honestly, guaranteed, absolutely guaranteed. It would go in one ear and out the other. No, I don't, I I don't think it would. I, I really don't think I'd it would. Get, I, think... I, I would get a very swift F-bomb, I think. No, I don't. Like, I think anyone who's, they're your mates, anyone who, they want to be out there, they want to make sure that everyone's having fun. Like it's, it's, They'll be aware of it. They know it. They want. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You're actually probably worrying yeah. about this way too much. Most people are normal human beings, and sure, yeah. they might give you a little bit of shit for it in the future, as as we will now as well, and that would be expected, and that's okay. Well, if anything, if anything, you've exposed a weakness now that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit houseery on the golf course yeah. throw, throws me off my game. For sure. Don't worry. We're not gonna. We're not gonna start talking in your back. Thing. That would be. To be fair, really, maybe really maybe the listeners have got much better advice than what me and Tim have yes. come up with. 
Uh, almost certainly yeah almost certainly so feel free to post in the uh in the group or on the uh on the socials and let us know uh or as many of you do pop us a pop us a message and i'll happily read some out next week if there are any good ones nice nice um well that 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 very that i mean that turned into a therapy session <laughs> no, who knew that we who knew that was going to happen um quickly just quickly before before we wrap up um for this week so a um, few things to talk about in the pros game. Um, first thing I'm going to talk about, um, quite revealing and scary that when Tiger revealed kind of, not obviously the details of his recovery in favour, but kind of how 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 serious it, it could have been. Um, I mean, he clearly didn't want to talk about it in his press conference because um, I think he just basically said, look, if you want the details just go and read the police report yeah. because that's not what I'm here to do. But obviously he did kind of give an insight into how serious it was in that there was an, there was a time when an amputation of leg could have been on the table. And I, for one, never, ever realised that was quite how serious it was. So um, Also, I think you kind of got a glimpse into how serious it was from his response in regards yeah. to uh, how does he see his career in a PGA Tour now? He was like, look, I'm going to have to go down the route that Hogan did of like playing every now and again. That was yeah. completely left field. I, you know, Tiger historically has just gone, nope, I'm coming back to dominate. I'm coming back to be the man. Everyone else is going to start chasing me again. And that response of like, no, look, I've just got to accept it is the way it is now. I was like, wow, that's, it shows how serious it is. Do you, because do you even think it was- after post knee injury, post back injury, I don't think he ever publicly spoke about I think it potentially being the end of his career. Yeah, I think this is a very different situation, though, isn't it? And I and, and I wonder. Obviously, I I I've, it's very difficult to kind of read between the lines. But do you think he's had an element of? Do you know what's important in life? And mm. I've achieved a lot in the golf world, and there are now things that I want to go and focus on, family or whatever. Do you think there's an element of that in there? Massive. I think that is a not that he probably needed it, but one of those scary moments which put a massive perspective yeah. uh, as to what's kind of really important. I think particularly for the great success that that guy has had, the extreme wealth that he's accumulated. You know, sometimes it might take that jolt of like, look, you've done everything that anyone could ever possibly want to achieve in the game of golf. You've gone into outer space in regards to what you've done for the game and, and where you've taken it from where it was to where it is now. Yeah. And that's probably given them that perspective of like, well, what more is there to do? Um, and particularly when he talks about going and playing with Charlie all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's probably the big, big takeaway mm-hmm. from all of it. Yeah. Um, then the other thing I watched a little bit of, not much was uh, the latest, the match Brooks and Bryson, which turned into an absolute non-event. Yeah. Uh, because Brooks basically just laid down the hammer and it was over really before it really started. Yep. Um, then they finished after nine. I think they finished after nine and he was like something like four and three, wasn't it? Or something four and three at that point. So a um, bit of a damp squib. So, but it, it, it did seem from what I saw that um, for as much kind of, uh, I don't know, not, not hate, but obviously a little bit of chat that Bryson gets he obviously seemed to be much more kind of in the spirit of um, the event itself. Brooks just coming across like a bit of a kind of entitled, didn't 
for me, didn't come across very well at all. I just think characteristically, both of those do not set up well to a head-to-head 1v1 matchup in which you've got microphones on them the whole time and they're expected to be funny, jokey, uh, bantery, kind of how we sort of would be on the course. I think for those sorts of things, you need big characters or you need um, those that are from different sports so they can talk about the game or perspective from from what they've achieved within their own sport and, and, and all that kind of stuff, like you've seen in the previous matches. Um, I didn't watch any of it because I had absolutely no interest in it. I think it's a bit of a, a clown show, if anything. Um, I agree. But I think if you are going to have that sort of thing, I just I kind of feel like it was just all fabricated and fake. But I do feel like if you are going to have these events, you've got to have really big characters from a perspective of they're going to give each other shit throughout the round. It's going to be funny. It's They're going to be making jokes, not players who just dislike each other um, because that just <laughs> seems a bit pointless. Two guys not talking to each other around the golf course. <laughs> Because then the show is more about who's commentating, um, who's on the on the mics doing all the other bits. Because Phil and, and Charles Barkley are getting a lot of props for how good they were, but um, not a lot's being spoken about in terms of Brooks and, and Bryson actually putting on a good show. Yeah, I think it's it overall. Have either of you two seen? And I don't know how accurate these are, but have either of you seen? Put my teeth back in. Have either of you seen the viewing figures for the match? Ben's a shake of the head. Tim also looked... No, I've got a clue. Okay. So I don't... This match, although... And having read this, I've just realised why it's 12 rounds. Why it was it was 12 holes, because it's 12 rounds to mimic a boxing match. Didn't know, didn't realise that. Just read the first line of, a, of an article here. And I was like, oh, see what they've done there. Oh, um, okay. This was really, really, really plugged. It wasn't... I don't think it was. We couldn't watch it in the UK because we got the highlights afterwards, mm. but we couldn't watch it live. Um, they had, according to these stats, a grand total of six hundred thirty-five thousand viewers watching it. Compare that to match two, which had five point eight million. Yeah, I was gonna say in US terms, that's yeah. nothing. So, I think for me, Bryce, as Ben said, Bryson, I. I watched the match, the first ones, because you want. I like seeing the characters who are not golfers getting involved in golf, playing playing a format that's a bit different. I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Just having a one v one Brooks v Bryson, I'm just. I don't know. I'm just not that bothered by it. I just, I just wasn't that bothered no. by it. The whole setup. I was just like, no, I was not. That's not a vibe. I'm. I'm excited about. It's not an event that I'm excited about. Yeah. I, I think as well, I think it has gone a little bit poisonous, that kind yep. of, um, that Brooks and Bryson thing. And I think it started off as a bit of a joke and everyone was kind of like, oh, look at this, isn't this kind of interesting? I think it actually did get to the point where people were just like, it's just actually a bit nasty um, yeah. and actually just not that palatable yeah. anymore. It's just, it's like, so yeah, so it's also right. like like rivalry fatigue, isn't it? You just, you, you, yeah. don't, even, you don't even care anymore that they're rivals. Like, I don't think many people do or did. I think particularly after they showed that they were fine during the Ryder Cup. I think that was kind of like a, right, fine, get on, let's move on. So when it was announced, I was surprised when it was announced and not surprised that the viewing figures were so low because it was, yeah, a bit meh. Meh. Yeah, yeah. Meh. agreed. Agreed. Um, 
that was all from me on the pros. Christopher, did you want to lay something on us? I, I can do. I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> sure. I just today I read a good uh, a good article, and I'll I'll put it out in tomorrow's uh, email with Danielle Kang. In you know, if you've listened to this show before, you'll know that we're we're big fans of uh, Danielle Kang just dominating last well last year and been really really good. Uh, the the I'll. I'll I'll share the article because it is actually genuinely um, really, really interesting. It's an interview into basically her golf career. Uh, I don't know if either of you knew any of any of these facts. I'm going to throw them at you. Uh, at what age do you think she first qualified for the US Women's Open? I want to say 15 or 16. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say it has to be young for it to even be a relevant question in this. So, <laughs> yeah. 14, let's go 14. Correct. 14 years old. She was the first time she qualified for the US Women's <laughs> Open. Uh, Sickening. She, in 2017, 2018, had the yips with the driver, couldn't keep the ball in play. Uh, couldn't couldn't hit. I mean, that's not the yips. No, no, no. That's could, just normal could, people could, with a driver. Um, so it talks about how she gets. She just couldn't initiate the swing. She couldn't pull the trigger and swing, and oh, she'd wow. stand there on the tee for ages, just not able to swing. And she says that in the end, she would just swing, knowing that it was going to go out of bounds, just because she didn't want to hold people up. So she missed eight out of nine cuts in a row, and uh, it turns out she's busy mates with the Gretzkys. So, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You you are mate. way too old to be saying Bezzy. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and DJ had been telling her to go and use, to work with uh, Butch for four years. And she'd always said, no, no, no. Happy with her current coach. Got the yips. Uh, finally says, yeah, okay, I'll go work with Butch. And the second tournament after starting with Butch, she wins and then starts the career of, well, not starts the career, but starts a very successful season with Danielle Kang um, and uh, shows that a change in personnel can can sometimes be useful, I suppose. Uh, what other facts have I got here? Ah, favourite film. She, she's got really good taste in films. Remember the Titans? Bloody great film. Anyone who hasn't watched that, go and watch that immediately great film um she once got a, put- a putting lesson off imby park imby park taught her a secret which she imby park has not told anybody since and she is not allowed to tell anybody and her putting stats have gone from average to worldly good so i immediately want in to it, know what that secret imby park was. arguably the greatest putter in the history of the game um just ridiculous so i want to know that and then final stat is she had to go cold turkey on kickboxing and she will not do any more martial arts ever again because she's worried she'll get hooked. Bloody hell. <laughs> but clearly, really enjoys martial arts. Listen, don't try and start a fight with Daniel Kang. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no. no. Um, but genuinely, it's a, it's a really, really interesting read into her psychology into coming up through the game as, as a young athlete. And I think if, if you get a chance to, I think it was on goal. I want to say it was on golf digest. I'll share it, but really, really interesting, insightful interview. So well worth, well worth looking into that for sure. Actually one of the quick, this is just, I'm going to rant now, not rant. I'm just going to go off on a tangent. 
she talks about that one of the questions they ask is um about the differential in um winnings and prize money between the men's and women's game and mm. her response is quite enlightening she's like look we still get to play for six figures every week and she's like and i'm very very grateful for that do do i think it should be more or sh- do i think it is better to be on play- a level playing field yes she's like however if you look at our ratings in terms of tv ratings etc and people tuning in and coming up and turning up we're nowhere near the men's game and she's like people are putting money into sponsorship for the men's game knowing they're going to get a return on it at the moment they're not getting that return on the women's game so why are they going to continue putting their money in and that for me was quite an interesting point that from someone within the game who's with it's all right for us a lot saying that outside but for someone who's in it to say that as well is quite interesting i thought so she also talks about ways that she um thinks that they could do that and talks about different and different groups that she wants to get people down and coming down to the tournaments and getting involved which is really interesting I, uh, I'm going to kind of make an advance on that on that tangent. I don't know whether they've done it or they would look to do it. But I found recently, you know, we've spoken about the PGA Tour and I've had very little interest in some of these tournaments just because none of the big players are there. Mm-hmm. But it was coming towards the end of the, the women's LPGA Tour season. So for the final two or three weeks, I was just watching, if I had the option, I was watching the LPGA Tour stuff. Mm-hmm. They could quite easily grow the growing figures if they start stacking them towards these yeah. because let's face it most of the pga tournaments at the moment are dead tournaments that you, you know you're lucky if you're getting five of the top 50 going to um whereas the race the you know the final lpga events were, were huge everyone was there uh, and the level of golf was outstanding so i was watching those a lot more a lot more than i was the pga tour events and then it could be a tactic that could come into play for definitely growing the growing the, the lpga I think it's definitely one we can talk talk and talk more about and definitely one we need to get into more depth, I would say, in a future episode. Yep. Right. Well, I think that brings us full circle. Um, thanks, Ben, for joining us for this evening's therapy session. <laughs> yeah. I hope you found it enlightening. Your invoice will be in the mail. Invoice will be in the post <laughs> from Chris, Chris and myself. Anyone else out there needing to talk golf therapy? We're we're available on the socials. Just get in touch with us. Anyone else needing um, to talk golf therapy with several highly unqualified people? Then we are. We are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, who who have who have many troubles of their own when it comes <laughs> yeah. to the golfing world? Yeah. Uh, not least the fact that I apparently now have a rogue shank yeah. that could come out at any time. So there we go. <laughs> um, guys, thank you very much for joining. Thank you guys out there for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you very much. Cheers. See you later, later, guys. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to us. If you've enjoyed, please can we ask a small favour? Could you hit that subscribe button, share the podcast with your mates and even leave us a review? I cannot understate how much this helps us out. We're still on the start of our podcast journey and all those things can help us do more of this good stuff. This week, the show has been brought to you by Sunday Red and Tour Champ. Sunday Red is the golf club for everybody who loves their golf. It's a free online community of like-minded golfers. We organize events, produce content, and even organize trips abroad. Head on over to sundayredgolf.co.uk to join for free. And our other sponsor, as mentioned, is Tour Champ. If you want to settle once and for all who the best golfer is in your squad, Tour Champ allows you to create your very own Race to Dubai style annual tournament with your pals. Again, it's completely free, so head on over to tourchamp.co.